Do you ever feel like you have to look, act, speak, or even think a certain way in order to be successful, to be liked, to fit in, to be influential, or you know, to be followed? Do you ever feel like you're a square peg trying to fit into a bunch of round holes all around you? Like maybe it is just me, but I know I can say that it really feels like there are very few and very narrow definitions of what success, of what leadership, business, even what it means to be professional is in our world. And honestly, there's not a lot of them that really appeal to me. Here is what I see around me in the community I have, in my friendships, and frankly, even in myself. I see so many of us women selling ourselves short. We limit our authentic selves, trying to fit in, trying to sound smart, trying to be professional, trying to have success, trying to be liked, trying not to offend anybody. But the result is that we end up playing really freaking small. What I see is that we doubt ourselves and we let others dictate how we feel and how we act. Whether it's our friends, our colleagues, our neighbors, or simply just internet trolls. We make their opinions matter and weigh heavily as we make decisions on everything from what we eat, what we think, the job we take, the business we create or don't create. We take other people's opinions as what we should listen to, how to behave in a pandemic, what we should say, how we should raise our kids, how we should be in relationships, and truly how we live all aspects of our lives. And we weigh these things so much heavier than what is truly inside of us. A truth that I've known for years, but just continues to be shown to me on a personal and and global scale now, is that most of us aren't even awakened to what success means to us. And if we do know, we don't know how to get there. So many women, and maybe you can relate to this, feel stuck. Maybe you keep talking about a dream or talking about doing something different, but you keep getting caught in resistance and challenge. When I talk about a global scale, of what's happening, the thing I see even more than being disconnected from our definition of success is that we are fundamentally disconnected from our authentic selves. We are so busy trying not to rock the boat, being stuck in people-pleasing mode, and in the process, ultimately, losing ourselves. My friend, if this resonates for you, this episode and the next one we've got here for you on Golden Girls Podcast, they're for you. Today, I am joined by Amber Sweener, a transformational brand strategist who is passionate about helping entrepreneurs grow their businesses on their own terms. Don't worry though, this is not just about business. Because see, Amber, she is not your average, your average anything really. Amber is a seven-figure entrepreneur running three companies. She is the lead in a metal band and she doesn't work more than 40 hours a week. But I'll tell you, and so will Amber, that to get to this point has been a journey. And the lessons that Amber has learned along the way, well, my friend, she's spelling them here for you today. Amber and I had a lot to talk about, so we've split this into two episodes. In this episode, we talk about authenticity and how the heck she weaves her rocker personality into her million-dollar businesses. This part may be a little bit about business, but I want you to take the lessons and Look at how this may apply to all parts of your life, from the relationships and friendships, the parenting, the food, the job, the business, whatever it is that you have in your life. Because at the crux of it is what we all have in common. 
Because what we talk about in this episode is we talk about the fears that stop us, all of us, from being authentic in, in any part of our life. And we also talk about the importance of why radical authenticity needs to be talked about and not just talked about, but truly lived right now, especially in the world we live in and are consciously creating. Listen in to learn about how your biggest challenge can actually be a path to growth and lead to your biggest breakthroughs. And look, I know you probably know this on some level, but don't we all need some reminders sometimes? At the end of this episode, you will have permission to own who you are. Let me also say this. If you're a heart-centered human, we really hope that this episode helps you to just stop worrying so much about other people because you're probably doing just fine. You will leave this episode feeling confident and having a greater self-trust of your inner knowing and be ready to choose whatever your success model looks like. My friend, I really think we need more of this in the world, so let's stand together on this. Most of all, you will be able to notice where in your life you may be holding yourself back and decide what you're no longer available for so you can go for what you want most for yourself. Listen up, Golden Girls. We are talking about embracing radical authenticity as a path for greater joy, greater freedom, and success. And it really is a message that we all could use a little more of. I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Golden Girls Podcast, where we believe you can have it all. I'm your host, Lisa Michaud, and I'm spilling tangible tips, goal-getting strategies, and real-life stories to inspire you to tackle your biggest dreams. You're a woman who knows you're made for more. Get ready to leave the excuses and self-doubt behind by being vulnerable, sharing your truth, and having honest conversations so you can succeed on your terms. Together, we'll set goals you'll actually achieve by staying motivated, having fun, and building a community of women empowering women. It's time to tap into your best self, get confident, and truly have it all. Golden Girl, let's dive in. A heart-centered, metalhead, business strategist is a thing, and my friends, you are about to meet her. Amber Sweener is a transformational brand strategist who helps business leaders live and lead in authenticity. She's the founder of Soul Seed, a family of brands that elevate conscious leaders and companies through brand strategy, marketing, coaching, and products to help visionaries like you step into soul-aligned living and brand expansion. When she's not strategizing with clients or speaking on stages, you'll also find Amber rocking with her metal band, Morningstar. I mean, this is definitely the first heart-centered metalhead business strategist we've had. So Amber, thank you so much for being here. I'm so grateful to have you on the podcast. I am so thrilled to be here. We're going to have so much fun. Oh, we I we know. already are. Yeah, it's we it's already good. are. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, so I obviously have the honor of getting to know you and having having you in my life. But I want you to share with our listeners, with our community here, a little bit more about who you are, your companies, your rebranding, and how you got here to being this soul centered metalhead running a, a several businesses. Yeah, well, it's everything is a journey for all of us, right? And I mean, truthfully, like for me, so many of those threads go back to my childhood, you know, always having been kind of a big dreamer and just seeing a life like in some ways, I feel like I was born into the world with these ideas and desires that 
I don't even know how I learned about them. They were just like bigger than what I had necessarily seen around me. But, you know, where that ultimately led me was learning about the concept of college and seeing how that could make life better for some people. And I became the first in my family to not only graduate high school, but then also go to college, you know, and, um, I ended up having a number of different sales related jobs because that was a way of sort of advancing my life was, was working through college. I did a lot of, um, like restaurant and bar, you know, working bartending restaurant work where I learned like when you earn tips or when you earn commission, you can kind of earn more money. And so that led me into sales jobs as an opportunity to better my life. And before starting my business, I was working in TV advertising. And what I learned that I got really good at was what I now know is brand strategy. So I was responsible for going out and drumming up my own business, you know, walking into businesses and and talking to them about like what their goals were. And ultimately the end goal was selling television advertising, but the means to get there was by being skilled at understanding where was their market opportunity? And then how do they message that? So I got really good at the brand messaging and bringing the creative ideas, like selling them on the vision of this is what your brand does in the world. This is how it makes people feel. This is the strategy for what you should be selling. And then it was almost like the the fact that they were putting it on TV was the afterthought. They wanted to like buy the vision, buy the strategy. And so I quickly became a top salesperson. But then, you know, reached a point almost five years in that career where I was really successful, but I knew that I was meant for something different or more. You know, I looked at like, well, I could stay in this job for a number of years, but I've kind of reached the the highest that I can go. And I think some of us just have that calling sometimes, or we know we're like, it's not always just about the money that you're making. And that was kind of that, that a big pivotal moment for me that ultimately led me to becoming an entrepreneur and starting my business. Wow. That's, that's really cool that your corporate job is what, you know, you were so successful in it and also realizing that it wasn't the right thing for you. I think we often talk about, um, you know, the entrepreneurship journey starting from maybe something that's really bad, but sometimes it can also be from the top of the climbing the wrong ladder, you know, or being at the top of the wrong mm-hmm. mountain when you're like, I've done really well, but it's time to change. I'm I'm curious because you are someone, you know, even looking at you and the fact that you are a rocker and you've had this huge diverse huge huge diverse background. How what does it look like for you to weave the rocker personality into what seems like a pretty traditional uh field, you know, brand strategy, corporate advertising, corporations in general, like that's pretty black and white, yes. pretty corporate suited up. And I see that you've found a really cool way to integrate those things. What does that look like for you? And how have you done that? Yeah. Well, that's definitely something that I had a, a struggle with or a limiting belief around for a number of years, which I thought, you know, I need to keep those identities separate, which was a, another thing, another reason as a catalyst for why I really wanted to go the route of building a business and like just stepping into being fully myself because you know, working in a corporate environment, even though I was doing sales and a lot of what people were buying was because of who I was in that relationship with them, you know, I still had different fears or concerns about how I needed to show up in a professional environment because I was representing that company. I even worked there for months and nobody even knew that on the weekends I was playing gigs with my band. Right. And so for me, I, 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 part of my journey has been how important authenticity became for me. The more that I was able to be my true self, it became more freedom. 
uh, and that started leading to more and more success. So what that looked like was just like a step at a time, even in my sales job, just taking that little risk of telling colleagues or telling clients and then actually finding that there are professional business people out there who love hard rock or metal. Also, I thought it was funny when clients would start asking if they could come to my gigs, you know, and then in starting my business, I just had to trust that, that the people who were meant to work with me would work with us, not in, in some cases, maybe even because of what my identity is as a creative early on, I didn't know that that would be possible. I just said to myself, well, if they value, like, if they see me for the professional I am, and if I help them get results, it doesn't matter if I'm a musician. What actually happened that was surprising and I didn't expect were the amount of clients who came to us because I'm also a musician. Because a lot of them, we, we tend to work with visionary entrepreneurs and business owners. So a lot of them themselves see themselves as multi-creative, multi-passionate. And they started saying things like, well, I want to work with you. You're the business coach for me. You're the marketing firm for me because you get that there's like a whole lot more to life, you know, and you don't need to be just one dimensional. And so that was a really happy surprise that the more I was my true self, other people were sort of waiting for permission to be their true selves. Hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I love too that you you talk about that as like being baby steps. I think so often we think it's like we have to like do this giant step out. You know, it, maybe you go from one day and I'm like, I'm not a rock person, but I hope, you know, I still, okay. I still so appreciate what you do. Um, but like in my head, I'm like, well, do you, you know, you don't just go one day from, you know, corporate suit to like the next day, you know, different hair, different makeup, different clothes, everything. And like, it's obviously about a gradual transition and about infusing pieces of yourself in the relationships that you have and, and using the authentic parts of yourself as a way to create connection with people um, that I think is is the power. Is that right? Like it's like the little things that you do and using your using it to create connection and build authentic relationships is what matters in small bites more than just doing like the big, the big things. Is that right? Absolutely. And totally. And I found that the more that I'm just in my own confidence it's like we have all these fears about what people are thinking or judging us for, but when we stop judging ourselves, it's as if the external judgments just fall away and they don't exist anymore either. It's like, because we're just not available to be concerned about it because we feel comfortable in our own skin. What were some of the things you were worried about being judged for? I was worried that people, so when I started, I started my marketing brand strategy company, which then morphed into offering more business coaching. And I was worried that businesses wouldn't take me seriously. And particularly at the time in the region where I am, and it's still kind of the case, but even more so seven years ago, a lot of the decision makers were middle-aged to older, slightly conservative white male. And that was like the, a lot of the business that was available to us. Thankfully, now we're seeing a lot more diversity in the type of C-suite and business owners but I had come up in a world where I had only seen those examples that those were the people that I would work with. And I had sometimes limiting beliefs, sometimes based in truth, ideas that I needed to be able to sell to them in a way that they would be willing to buy. And so I had the fears that if I get more expressive with like how I look or if they just know that I'm a multi-creative, are they not going to take my strategic mind seriously? When the reality is, especially in brand and marketing and where we evolve to, the more that you get connected to that sole root of a brand is what makes the marketing and the brand successful. 
you know, but I had come up in a lot of the messaging around, you got to drive the bottom line. Like, how do you make the money? It's all about efficiency. Like that's the model that a lot of us were taught about what the world of work is. And so, you know, that was the biggest fear was, can I be a multi-creative and and step into both my, you know, both my feminine and masculine strengths and still be taken seriously and not written off? That's what I I think is so cool about what you said there is like that you had to step into being your authentic self so that you can then stand in that and then also see the authentic roots of the business or the person that you're consulting with or the brand that you're working with to then help their authenticity show up. And like that's just such an example of how when you stand in your authenticity, you know, and I'm speaking obviously to you, Amber, but I'm also speaking to everybody listening. Like when you stand in your authenticity, it allows you to see the authenticity in other people as well and then actually create great results because you now have a seven-figure business. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And you have th- three brands. Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and a band. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I mean, like, you're clearly a woman who has been able to lean into your strengths and create not one, not two, not three but like three successful businesses plus, you know, your band as well. So it's it's pretty inspiring and really amazing. What are the different brands and the different things that you you do? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so the core business is, so it's all nested under Soul Seed. And our mission now is to elevate conscious leaders and companies. And actually one thing I want to mention too is, you know, what I realized there was a concern I was having judgments about myself, but the reason that we've built a success, and I'm going to tell you about the three businesses in a moment. Um, the more that I re- got comfortable with myself and released judgment on myself, the more that I also recognized I could be judgment free of whoever it is that we were helping. Because I, a minute ago, I had mentioned some of that fear of judgment because of most of the decision makers are slightly older, white, conservative males. But the interesting thing was not, so first of all, the, the dynamic has changed and we have a lot more type of business owners out there. But what was also interesting was how I grew and realized that that was some of my own limiting belief on who we had the ability to serve. So the more comfortable and confident I got, we were able to help more businesses, even if some of them were like older white men, right? Because they needed a piece and wanted a piece of actually where we were going. And so it all has gone side by side the more comfortable I've gotten with my leadership as we've become soul seed. It's amazing the type a variety of people that have come into that journey and want to be a part of that fold. And so soul seed is the overarching brand. It shares the mission to elevate conscious leaders and companies, any company that's intentional, that they care about the holistic picture that you're here to make money, but you're also here for purpose within that is the agency and marketing company also my brand, which is speaking, my book coming out, retreats, and then Soul Seed CBD, where my husband and I grow hemp and make hemp-based CBD products. Um, and then there'll be more brands down the line. My vision is like what Virgin has as a brand, and they've got 200 sub-brands. That's my vision for Soul Seed is whatever amount of sub-brands are meant to come forward, but it's all aligned to helping people live more in their authenticity no matter who the person is, because I think that message can touch anyone who just wants to go on that path of being more in authenticity as a business, as a human. And that's something I'm just grateful I've learned is to not place judgments on who may want to go on that journey. 
Oh, so good. So good. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to ask you this question because so many times in business we hear, you know, like know your target market, know your niche, know who you're speaking to. How do you, you know, as a brand strategist recommend or advise people on this and how do you how do you navigate that? Like the idea that it's important to know who you're speaking to, but also important not to place judgment on who may need to hear what you have to say. What is that? How do you balance that? Yeah. Early on, it's everything. I think the theme here is starting one step at a time, one person at a time. And that's how I started also. And I realized what I do now, it might look like a lot of things. And the way I got here was started with learning about every individual conversation and human before me and looking for the common threads, whatever the common thread is, and then building upon that. And so those common threads might look like something different than an age or an income, you know, or man or woman, the common thread might be the pain point that they're at the way that they feel about themselves or something that they want in their life. So my recommendation is it's, it's great to don't, I don't even think of it as starting small. Just think of it as serving one person at a time, learn what you learn by those customers, clients, that relationship, and then, and document it and look for what commonalities. So to anyone who's an entrepreneur, interview people you work with, see what they have to say. And it's amazing when you talk to, you know, a handful of different people and you look at the common threads about what they've shared with you about you know, where they were before they worked with you, what instigated them to work with you and where they are now. And that'll give you your insight on what your niche actually is. Amazing. Yeah. So breaking free from the age, like the typical kind of demographic stuff. And we're looking at what is a, what is a person's values? What's their purpose? What are their fears? What are their desires? Those kinds of things. Is that right? Yeah. And because depending on the business, like the age factor or where they live or income that might play a part, but that's only the surface level because ultimately if you're building a brand, people buy a brand based on an emotional connection. So we need, you know, you need to be able to emotionally connect with, well, how do they feel about themselves in their life and to be able to, you know, get through it's the, it's that messaging, that authentic connection. That's what moves people to, to want to work with you. It's the same if you're, you know, in a career or you're a leader, you're, you're, you're essentially mobilizing people toward your ideas or toward your vision of leadership. So anyone can really apply this. It's anytime you're trying to accomplish something that requires bringing other people along for the ride or like in the journey, you have to look for what's the thread, what matters to them. That's also aligned for you and finding that place of alignment. Amazing. So I know you have a lot of examples of you doing this in your life, in your in your business and marketing and retreats and things like that. I know that there's even some stories of naked photos and waterfalls. <laughs> so I'm, you know, what is that? Share some stories. Tell us a little bit about what this looks like for you. Like how do you step into your authenticity to then attract people and and create that connection with people? Yeah. And obviously the naked photo waterfall story. We gotta hear Ooh. that. Okay. Well then let's start with that. Okay. Because that's just too good to save. So retreats are one of the things that I do. And the more that I got comfortable, so it's been a journey, right? And a part of that journey has been learning how my energy works and how my creativity comes through and, and getting, when I get to a point where I can like, I tune into what 
my audience is feeling how they're thinking along with what I'm interested in and then just trusting myself and putting it out there. So that was an example where I floated that idea of a wild woman retreat. And I said, and I have this vision of us like feeling liberated by getting naked in a waterfall. Is anyone interested? And I had a few women like raise their hands for like, yes, that I'm all for that. Here's the thing. That's not going to be for everyone. And that's another lesson in brand that you do not need to be all things for everyone you know, the more you narrow your message, the wider it goes. And that was a, it's such a powerful transformational experience for those clients coming out of retreat. What happened for them, you know, was quite literally life-changing in an amazing way. You know, one of them like launched her business and within a few months was able to replace her income while really trusting herself around what was an, an aligned client looked like. That came as a result of the more that I'm in my authenticity, trust myself, on how to guide and lead my community. And the gift then gives back to them where then they see that result for themselves, right? And so how that ties to my, you know, the agency is similar that you're not going to be all things for everyone. And I, you know, had to get comfortable with, hey, yeah, we offer like somewhat traditional marketing services, but people who are just price shopping, looking for a marketing service, they're just not our people. We're really here for partnership, people who have a bigger purpose to their work. And I had to get comfortable passing on some business, even though that's scary as heck, especially when you're building or especially when there's sometimes a little bit of a revenue up and down and we have a staff, you know, to make sure is paid. Um, but that's that trust that comes from deepening the alignment of why your brand exists and staying on that path and trusting that. You know, knowing that the, the more you stay in alignment with what your brand is there for, because we've all kind of gone off track and maybe like worked with clients or took a job or had a friendship that really wasn't values aligned. And then you can see how much energy or time that wastes. So, you know, trusting that you're not losing out on anything, the more you trust what's in alignment for you. Okay. That's, I mean, first of all, I want to be there for the snake and waterfall retreat next time. Please, I want to be there. Sounds amazing. It's so, yeah, that sounds very aligned for me. Um, second, I just want to honor the courage that it takes because it, it does take a lot of courage to stand in what's right for you and to trust yourself. And I think it's something that we're not necessarily taught. We don't, we don't even talk about it that much. What were you, like, let's talk even very specifically about something that is very scary and has a lot of, uh, you know, crap and limiting beliefs wrapped up in that, that's money. And that's the fact that you do, like the very real fact that you still have people to pay. What were you afraid of in turning down that business? And, you know, what did you, what did you learn from it? Or how has it, how has it helped guide you to trust yourself more? Yeah. Well, the fear comes up in, I find that fear often is more of like looking short term a little bit. And I know you're someone who educates on and really values seeing the bigger picture in that long-term, right? Sometimes you've got to make these moves, but it helps propel you for the long-term. And I think that's been a key to my success is I've usually been quite good at, even though it feels scary, like I always see the long-term vision. And I think of it like going up a mountain, you know, where it's kind of like you're going up and you go down a little, but you go up and you go down a little, but over time, you're still always making progress upward. And so in those moments where if something, you know, we can tell that this is a client that if they don't have results in a month, they're just going to be gone, right? Because in our case, if we're doing marketing, usually we need months to really get it to where it needs to be. And I've, part of it comes from experience when you learn a lesson 
lessons are great. The key is then you just don't repeat those negative lessons if it negatively affected you. So that's what we have to learn by doing. Um, and then also trusting when you do have the right aligned client that really has amazing results, you know what that requires. So people will push back on you in different situations in life to try to get it a different way. But the thing is, if you're an expert standing in your ground, you know what it's going to take for them to get results. But the only way to get to that expert point is by walking through the scary things over and over and getting to that point where now we have the confidence to be able to respectfully say to a client, you know what, it's better that we don't take your money and good luck and here's some other referrals because we won't work with them if they aren't willing to do what we know it needs to take to get them where they need to go because otherwise it's short-term money and I don't want our team stressed out again in two months when the client's complaining and we're hustling to try to replace them. That's just not the energy we operate from. So, so what it's like is a momentary fear, but it's gotten much less the longer I've gone but I only got here by starting with one foot in front of the next, you know, like the first client, the first sale, any new thing we do. Even now, if I do something new, I still start at square one with the new thing. I mean, I have a ton of, you know, resources behind me now. Right. But I, I think that's just the more we can embrace, like always being a new student to a new thing. That's just the way it goes. We learn by doing. Yeah. Yeah, so good. And I really love too that you just brought that to, you know, seeing the long-term vision and having that in mind because it is, I mean, it's so hard because many of the things that it takes for long-term success don't come easy and they don't come quick. And they actually come with short-term discomfort in various ways. I mean, even going to the gym or eating healthy, it sucks in the moment. It really does, right? But it's like the things that we do now that that plant the seeds for who we want to be later. Saving money can also suck. Invet learning about investing sucks. You know, um, having mm -hmm. difficult conversations with our team, with our partners, with our families, with our friends, all those things there. Those are really hard things to do. But I, I love that you brought that, um, just that reminder of like, the importance of a vision of knowing where you're going, of knowing what the top of your mountain looks like and recognizing that to get there, sometimes you're going to go backwards. Sometimes it's going to look like you're going down. Sometimes it's going to look like you're not moving at all. But when you have that vision and you keep making decisions and putting one step in front of the other towards that vision, towards that top of the mountain that you're looking for, that's where the success is created. So I really appreciate that you said that. And I love, I just love that perspective and such a good reminder for, for all of us listening that that's a way that we can help move away from the fear, move away from some of that discomfort and remember of reminding us where we're going. Yeah, absolutely. And celebrating and, and like write down your badass list, right? Like the things that you've done that you have been badass in the journey, like when you were up against something scary, write about how you felt right before it happened. And then like, as it happened, because that helps that proof helps you to keep going. Um, and then also related to money it is, you know, looking at the money, like we often get afraid of money because we're not looking at it. And looking at it outside of ourselves, like I tell clients to imagine like they're holding their budget outside of their body, holding it in their hands, you know, look at it in your hands. The same as if you have a dream, a real estate dream or your business, right? Like being able to re, so I'm big on with like feel your feelings, but sometimes it helps to take the thing outside of our feelings. And so when it comes to money, if we just look at it as a tool for how it can help make things happen, that can help remove it and untangle it from our personal histories and stories with it because we all have those.
<laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. How did you – like very specific question, but I feel like you're going to have some some beautiful insights with this as you have with many of the questions. How do you look at something like money, you know, and how do you balance out that, you know, I need to pay my team this month, but also in three months, this client is going to be unhappy. My staff is going to be stressed. I'm going to have to be chasing anyways. Like what does it look like for you to balance those, those things, that very real need for now versus the long-term vision of it with something like money and staff? How have you, how do you, and I'm sure you do this all the time at some level. Yes. So building the strategy consistently, ideally putting yourself in a position where you're not scrambling, but sometimes a scramble will happen like the pandemic. Hello, we were all there. So, you know, first is putting the effort into brand strategy. This is really for, you know, speaking to someone's a business owner. um, But even if you're in your career, like making that strategy, if you want to have, you know, different mobility or upward mobility. So looking at making a budget for the year, like, let's say, you you know, you want like to make a budget, but also proactively account for all the things you might want to invest in conferences, new computers, employees, you know? So let's say like when you make a plan about everything, you're going to pay yourself, you're covering all the staff, everything, everything, let's say that's going to require $500,000. Then it's just a matter of math of backtracking. Well, how many clients do you need? You know, that, will bring you to $500,000. So to make the math simple, let's say your average client's $100,000. Probably not the case for most people, but I'm just making it simple. Well, that means you need five clients, right? So you can just do the math from there. That's exactly how I look at things, you know, every few months is that this is where we need the pot of money we need. And our average client is this amount. How many clients do we need? And how many is each team member responsible for? That's how we chunk it down then into KPIs and goals for each person, each month, each quarter. Mm. So you are still grounded in reality and you're still, you know, I think that's just super important to say because I know a lot of our conversation and we're going to talk about spirituality, we're going to talk about, you know, authenticity and all these things can, they're all, they can sometimes be removed from the things that, from tools that can actually be really really helpful for us and also tools that can be sometimes uh, detrimental or or take away from what we're trying to achieve. So I appreciate what you said there around like making the budget something else and actually making a budget, you know, like that simple tool and having all the things in there, having a vision to where we're going and, and having the vision of where we're going grounded in the real and the tools that help us to get there too, such as a budget. So thank you for bringing the the pragmatism to that. Cause I think it's, I, I often say my style is woo and do it's a blend of both. Like we have to yeah. have the grounding in reality and we also have to have the woo. You know, I think that we have to have the connection to our soul and our spirit and or whatever that means to you for, for us to really be successful. So yeah, that <laughs> thank you for, thank you for bringing that on that. I am all about that. I call it the like mindset plus energy plus strategy alignment. It's all three. How we think about it, how we feel about it, what we do about it. Mm, yes. Yes. So good. Okay. So what does authenticity mean to you? To me, it means personal freedom. It means that whatever is true and authentic for a person and true in the big T sense, meaning Sometimes we walk around with all this conditioning or the things we think are true. Like I used to think I was only worthy of money if I worked really hard to achieve it because I had grown up in an environment where money was very difficult and we hardly had enough to get by just, you know, for the next week, my parents worked very hard. 
So authenticity is, you know, personal freedom in your, the version of truth that allows you to feel the freest, your, you know, your most authentic self without kind of removing that condi- those conditioning and the things that can make us feel pretty crappy. Because if we feel crappy about ourselves, a lot of times it's because of just like falsehoods we're carrying around with us. How do you know if it's a falsehood or if it's conditioning versus a capital T truth? Like what are the things yeah. that – what are your tools or how do you navigate this? Yeah, well, this is where that energy side of work comes in that we – some people call woo that I – give huge credit toward. And it was something that I really started undergoing a huge transformation a few years into my business and really opening up to that side of things. What served me was my grit and my fortitude and putting my head down, knowing how to make money, knowing how to work hard. That served me to a point until I realized that I felt cut off from the rest of my body. I felt like there was more creativity there that was meant to come through. But anytime I slowed down, like when we first met years ago, I was in that stage of working the 70, 80 hours a week. And so for me, until I started to just trust a little kernel of it at a time, that it was possible that by slowing down and getting present, it could actually give me more powerful results. So there was a lot, you know, a number of things in the journey, but ultimately the very first step that I find is taking moments of pause, presence, breaks, meditation, because it allows us to get in our body and feel like connect with how we feel versus our logical mind trying to figure it all out all the time. Mm. Yes, yes. So I heard you say taking a pause, taking a break, meditation. So we're not talking about just like taking a break to go out and drink all night or taking a break and like binge watching Netflix because I think think our culture has this like work hard, play hard, which I I appreciate in many ways, but I also think – we don't actually have like a pause hard or like a or a, yeah. a sit hard. Like, you know what I mean? Like there isn't that like that piece. We often think rest comes down to I like I just think about the stereotypical, which and trust me, I've been there and I've done this, like the all inclusive one week in Mexico, like just get it all out and then come back to life or or binge watching TV. Like what I hear you saying is is that connection to self in a more in like in our bodies, like the physical self, the nervous system work, um, and also our soul, like meditation. Personally, I love breath work. I don't know if you've tried that, but mm-hmm. like I think it's 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 important. I think to distinguish that pausing doesn't just mean like numbing in a different way or taking taking a break from everything or disconnecting. It actually means reconnecting with yourself. If I'm hearing you right on that, yes, yes, and it might mean you know a fun outing with friends. However, like to your point, it's not about numbing and just keeping yourself super busy, right? And I realize that people might be looking for you know one specific tactic or trick. However, everyone's journey is different. But, um, you know, in that to get into, okay, how do I even tell the difference about what's true for me? There's a lot of different tools, but it just kind of depends like where we're at in the journey. And I, and that's one of the, the biggest, just first steps that I, that I find that all of us can benefit from is sort of allowing that place to kind of get quiet and present. Um, and even in tune with how we feel, like I just meet with so many clients where, Literally, that's the work that we're doing is just getting out of their head and just getting into how they feel just because it 
finally helps them start to verbalize and articulate in some ways the things that they've kind of known inside of them, but they were shaming themselves from wanting that because their mind was telling them that they shouldn't want that. You know, and I, and this is where too, sometimes like a coach or a facilitator or therapist or like that support helps a ton. We're all different types in how we process, you know, but most of us are, you know, we're not meant to go through life on our own. So having someone to talk it out with is huge to have a coach to support that is a way that I found how to keep finding more of what's true for me. A lot of that growth came through, a, you know, pretty profound coaching. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I had a client uh, just a couple weeks ago say to me, she's like, what I need, what everybody needs in 2022 is a good coach, a good therapist, and a good energy healer. And uh-huh. I just thought that was so good. I'm like, that's such a trifecta of, of those things. Um, and I know – I think that it's important to, that there are different tools work for different people. I think a simple thing that I found can be really helpful is just – is a body scan of just checking in. You know, how am I feeling in this moment? Like starting at either your feet or your head and just working your way down and being like, where, where do I notice tension? Where do I where, do I feel nervous? Do I feel excited? What is what what is going on in my mouth? Do I need to pee? And I've been holding it in for two hours. Yeah. Like just like just being in our bodies because I I am very guilty of of being disconnected from it of being a lot in my head and that 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 simple thing it can literally be once or twice a day of just sitting and checking in and doing a body scan can be a really easy way of bringing that back and then yeah. like noticing noticing the patterns of okay am I consistently bored? Am I consistently excited? Am I consistently mm-hmm. holding in my pee longer than I, that is comfortable? Am I, mm-hmm. am I hungry, thirsty, tired? Um, whatever those things are. And just like noticing those things. Cause I, and there's a lot of research on this too. I learned in my, in my coaching certification, um, just about how your brain sends obviously a lot of signals to your body, but your body is constantly actually sending way more signals back to your brain. And we, we just, we only think of it as a one-way conversation when it's really a two-way. So opening that up, I think, I, I agree with you. It's really powerful to open that up. Yeah. I think of that as the connection to your soul seed, which was like my evolution of getting that point of rebranding my business was that point for me of unity and alignment between head, heart, and soul, essentially between, right? Like, the how we think, how we feel, what we do, uh, it's that aligned place can help just, you know, get more present to, okay, what is actually true for me? Something I challenge people with is, okay, like if absolutely anything was possible, what would you do? How would you spend your time? What are you inspired by? Often people have something that lights them up. So then it just becomes, okay, well, what's a step you can take toward that? Yeah. People I think get overwhelmed as well. I really want, I want to move here and do this or do that. But then they're like, but that's not reality. So then we just need to say, okay, well, what's a step that moves you toward that? Because I can tell you, mm, what, 12, 12 years ago, my husband and I, when we first moved in together, we got our first piece of furniture was a mattress out of the trash. Okay. That was mm, 12, 13 years ago. And I'm here now you know, we, as you know, we're moving around the country, staying in different late, uh, nice pool houses to enjoy our winter. Right. And like leading a team, my book's coming out. We have a band, I have successful businesses, but that was nowhere near the reality 13 years ago with like, literally my husband put noodles back at Walmart because he couldn't pay for noodles. Like, so I'm just, I'm able to share this saying, this is the reality of like what I've walked, you know? So I share that because some people think, oh, it's pie in the sky. It must be great to have a big dream, but actually like it's possible for people. 
it's possible. That just gave me goosebumps. Thank you so much for sharing that. So good. So good. Yeah, you are somebody who has not just talk the talk, but you walk the talk. Walk the walk. I never know how. But you do all the yeah. things. You walk the talk, yeah. you talk the talk, you walk the talk, <laughs> all the things. Um, okay, so you – and people who listen probably have heard me refer to this before, but I often pull – when I remember – because I'm definitely imperfect on this, but I pull a Danielle Laporte truth bomb card before we do every recording. And the one that Amber and I pulled, I mean, we're doing this virtually. Amber is in beautiful, you're in Palm Springs right now, right? Yes. In California. Amazing. Amazing. So the one that I pulled today for us just says now on it. And so I'm curious, you know, why is now the time to be talking about radical authenticity and living it? Like, why do you think this message is so relevant today? Why do you think the word now is what we pulled today with this topic? Because we need more radical authenticity. And the only way for us to be that is for each person in order to... So one of my missions is to help the rise of the heart-centered visionary in business. But this can be applied in any context. But when we look at business, the only way for us to lead is to first lead ourselves. And the way we get there is by coming into our truth, our authenticity, whatever you want to call it. It's essentially the same thing. So the only way that we find our true happiness and the way that we become the best leaders is by first becoming radically authentic ourselves. But this has a ripple effect that can make huge transformational change in the world of work. I am extremely passionate about, you know, like a rise of a different kind of purpose-driven leader. I'm passionate about workplaces that work for all people, particularly women and parents, you know, and we see anyone's capable of being that type of leader, but there's tons of evidence and reports out there that when we have more equitable men and women leadership in the C-suite, it's better for all people. And so that's part of my mission is, to help bring more of that into the world of business. And the way to do that is it starts within ourselves. We each need to find our authenticity first and foremost, so we can then be a better leader to others. What are the consequences you see in our world right now of not having radical authenticity? And what do you think will change in the world when we all are able to be radically authentic? Well, some of the consequences you know that I've seen and, and experienced firsthand Sometimes uh, people that have huge resentment and animosity about their own lives, they, they feel that they're a victim to a something, you know, I, and I saw parents and loved ones who had very limited work options. And if it meant six days a week, 60 hours a week, like you have to miss your children's sporting events. My dad was really at never at any of mine in school because that was what he needed to do for his job. And we all need to work like to make money, right? Like all it's a part of it, but I, believe that there is a way to do it that doesn't require people feeling that they literally need to sell their soul and every last thing that was ever important to them. And I'm passionate about that not only being available to the elite or the educated, right? So I think what we're selling, what we're losing is continuing to create a divide that says like, well, only certain kind of people can have more freedom and be present in their kids' lives. Like only if you're like, you know, the, the white collar professional. And I think across like all work there, I just think that in typical North American culture that at least in America, there's room and there is a way companies need to be profitable and companies are not evil, you know, right. But it also needs to have space for the human. 
I mean, I know someone who had to leave her job because literally they didn't uh, have a space for her to, to pump. Well, after she came back to work as a new mother, like in literally in today's day and age, like to me, that's so solvable. (laughs) So that's what I think is at stake is our humanity. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. That's so big. Yeah. And we, we, this is just spans the whole spectrum of, of our workplaces, of our families, of our communities. It's everything. Yeah. I, I agree. And I think I see too, like so many women right now and myself included in this, like it's, I'm a constant evolution. I'm a constant working process on this, but I think we sell ourselves short. We, we hide ourselves and we are afraid of offending other people. We doubt ourselves. We let other people dictate, you know, how we feel and what we do. We end up playing small. And I think the, the ripple effect of that is just huge that we end up, you know, underliving our lives in every sense of it, that we end up you know, resenting, resenting our own lives, resenting other people. We mm-hmm. end up just not the happy, fulfilled, purposeful visionaries that that we are all capable of being. So yeah, I, I think I think now is an interesting time in the world for many reasons. I think I think you're. I think now is so important because we are seeing the fracture in so many systems. And seeing the vulnerability of so many people having really been exacerbated in the last two years, especially, that I think the more we can lean into our own capital T truth, as you say, and lead into our own authenticity. And because I think most people really at the heart are good people. And I think there's more heart centered people out there than not. Um, but it requires us taking a deep look at ourselves, of getting quiet, of listening, of um, really really leaning into our own heart-centeredness in order yeah. to make the world a better place. So I think it's Absolutely. it's very, very timely that we're having this conversation. And I wasn't that – I mean, I was surprised because I'm still – like every time the universe sends these messages, I'm always like, what? Really? It's that mind-blowing? But it's cool that the word now came up for this conversation today. Yeah. I love that. It's something I was just inspired to speak to as you're saying that is – I think some people sometimes hear this like heart centered and they think, okay, well, is that, that's not realistic or that, or that's like weak or something. But when we're in our authentic power and even as a heart centered person, we are then, it's not about like letting yourself get all, you know, walked all over. Like as a heart centered person, there's a concept that I call toxic generosity, which is we can be generous, but if you become so generous to the point where you're giving so much away, you're signing up for all the committees, you're, you know, that's when you start to then resent or it becomes toxic. And so, you know, tying this to the business conversation, like conscious capitalism, it requires you to be authentic so that you can be an empowered leader. This isn't a pie in the sky thing. I've talked to some people and they're like, well, it must be all nice, but you still need your workers, you know, to produce. And I'm like, yes. And how do you think that that becomes possible? It becomes possible when as a leader, you're authentic. So your generosity is clean and clear. It's not toxic. It's not like you're letting people off the hook all the time when really you're resenting because now you need to like work harder in your business. This is where it's it's about authentic alignment. Um, but it is possible to be an empowered, heart-centered person. And that's just the message I want people to hear is that's why it's important to do our work so that we can allow our heart centeredness to show it's not a weakness. It becomes a strength, but it only becomes a strength when we've done our work enough to stand in our authentic power. 
you know, to like not have shame, to be able to have boundaries, to speak the truth to people in the way it needs to be spoken. The problem is when we're just not clear, you know, like when we're not speaking to people or we're not holding people accountable or we're not stating our boundaries, that's when this whole heart centered thing doesn't work so well. (laughs) Mm, Yes. I've never heard the term toxic generosity, but I freaking love that because I am 100% a recovering people pleaser. I won't say I'm recovered. I am still very much in the recovery. My people pleaser is dying a low, long, slow, very excruciatingly painful death over the last few years. We'll have a moment. We'll have a moment of silence for people pleaser. (laughs) She's still fighting. She's still fighting. Um, But one of the things that I did, I, I can really relate to is, is this idea that like we, people pleasing. I mean, there is a lot of it that comes, that can come from kindness and wanting to do the right thing and wanting to be a good person. But there's also like when we are overly making other people happy, like the truth is that we end up creating resentment in ourselves. Like hands down, we end up creating um, resentment and animosity and bitterness and all these things. And that, that stuff still needs to come out somewhere. Like that stuff still comes up and it comes up in passive aggressive comments or it comes up in then, you know, us doing something for other people when we didn't really want to and then us putting out expectations on other people that are also unfair. It it just comes out in ways that are really ineffective ineffective and uh, I would also say go against the very nature of the intention at the core of what it means to be heart-centered or uh, wanting to care for our communities and wanting to care for ourselves. And when we get into the space of, I'm going to use your word here, toxic gen- generosity, when we get into that space, it actually has the opposite effect of it. So that yeah. is that is really, really important. I think basically what we're saying is like, get a coach, get a therapist, get an energy healer. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Absolutely. <laughs> do your work. Do your work. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay. So real question here for you. Where in your life have you found yourself to be inauthentic? Ooh, a number of stages in the journey. Um, Okay, so the first, I want to come up with a life example, but the first that's coming to me is a business example. So I'll just share that. And it was a early on a client project that I just kept giving, giving more and more like revisions and hours, even though um, I kind of said, you know, oh, this is out of scope, but then I just kept doing it anyway. And I just was becoming burned out. I was losing money on it and I became super resentful. And, you know, remember like a conversation I was having with a friend about how awful that client was, blah, 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 blah. The issue wasn't the client. The issue was that I was being inauthentic about the fact that I knew that what the worth was of the project. I just didn't speak up about it. So like, that's an example. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to have to think about like other, you know, in my life. Um, and maybe because I've gotten this so far in this work that again, it's a journey, but it's like, I now notice it in like ever in a micro moment. And I'm sort of able to get myself out of that now. Is there any habits or patterns that you found in your life that have been inauthentic? Ooh, wait, wait, wait. Yes. Thank you. 
Also, I guess it shows up around my work. My whole like life case study on myself was like, everything I've learned has come through the experience of being an entrepreneur. It's just what it is for me. Oh my okay? gosh. I completely like, <laughs> yes, entrepreneurship. And I also think having a family, like for me, having my oh, child, like the yes. best personal growth journeys ever. I thought I had it all figured out. And then I became an entrepreneur yeah. and a mother. And I'm like, yeah. I got lots to you, do. You want to grow, have a child, start a business. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. I used to pride myself on being super hardworking. Yes, I'm high energy, but also I need rest, yo, okay? But I, for years, was all about like get up, working all these long hours. It just wasn't really serving me anymore, which, oh, human design would be amazing to chat about because this is something that helped me realize this. So what yeah. I realized is the true authentic me, and I started tuning into this a couple of years ago. I was like, I like to wake up in the morning and enjoy my lazy cup of coffee and play with my dogs. Like that's authentic for me. You know, I don't care if all these business books say to get up at 4am. Like if that's not what my body wants and what feels good for me, I don't want to do that. And that's a way that I realized that just because I thought, you know, well, everybody else wants these early morning meetings or the business books say it, it wasn't authentic for me. Um, and that's just how it came from realizing that's that I just wanted those mornings. I started resenting when I didn't have that free time. And that's how I recognize that's just not authentic for me. Mm. Okay. So now you start your mornings with rest and playtime and yeah. later well, meetings and spaciousness because that's when my creativity comes through, which is just how I've learned to like work with my energy a bit more. And leaving that spaciousness. So if I feel like just playing with the dogs, cool. But if I also get a spurt of creativity for writing, I can go create. I love that. Okay. You have so much good stuff to say. We are actually going to split this into two episodes. So I'm going to pause you right there. We're then going to come back and we're going to talk about human design. We're going to talk about the resistance and how the resistance actually can help lead to authenticity. I want to hear about how you showed up radically authentic in this pandemic and I know you have a special gift for everyone. So I'm going to pause us right here. Thank you, Amber, for everything you shared so far. And we're going we're gonna to talk more in the next episode. Fabulous. So good, right? I did not want to cut Amber off of all of her juicy and rich words of wisdom and stories. So we decided to split this into two episodes. And that way we don't miss out on any of the goodness. In the next episode, you're going to hear Amber break down what human design is and how it can help you create the right strategy for you and your success. You'll also hear about how she showed up radically authentic in this pandemic and her journey of going from 80 plus hour work weeks for the startup season of her business and all the sacrifices she required to get to the point where she is now, running three companies with seven figures and less than 40 hours a week. But remember, just like this episode, it's not all business. You're going to hear honest stories of how Amber has been shut down for being human. And I know you will 100% relate to that. You're also going to hear how singing Pat Benatar led to a bigger win for Amber than she ever imagined in her life. And she's sharing a super special gift for you as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And go ahead, go have a listen. Skip ahead to the next episode of Golden Girl's podcast to hear all this and more from Amber. Thank you so much for listening. If something spoke to you, send me a message by sharing this episode and tagging me on social media. If you know someone who would love to hear this episode, please share it with them too. 
because I love surprises. Make sure you subscribe to the Golden Girls podcast today. It's the only way to find out about bonus surprise episodes and make sure you don't miss a single beat on your golden journey. Thanks again for listening and I will talk to you in the next episode of the Golden Girls podcast.